All right. Welcome, everybody. This is Stephen Michael Miller, and I'm here today with my good friend and uh, certified limitless mentor, Jacqueline Smith. Uh, we're going to be talking today about manifesting. And before we get on uh, the conversation of manifesting, I just want to talk about this past weekend. Um, for those of you that were with us, uh, hopefully uh, your experience was as amazing as mine. I mean, this was just a such a tremendous event. We had so many amazing people there that uh, were there for the first time. Many of you that came back to return for the second, third, fourth, fifth, uh, whatever number it is for you. Um, but it was truly uh, an amazing experience. Um, we had some tremendous speakers on stage, wonderful processes. We even introduced some, some new processes. Uh, we had some of our old tried and true, just amazing heartfelt processes as well. And I can tell you the feeling in that room was, um, it was just wonderful. And to be able to grow and expand our Limitless family as we did this past weekend, it, uh, every, every single time after one of, the, one of our events, um, I, I get some time to, to reflect and just to look at what it is that we're doing and to see the transformation that, that happened with the people that were there uh, even some of the individuals that that weren't with us for all three days, we had several people that came um, on on day evening of day two and then stayed through day three, and it was as if they had been with us the whole time. Just the amount of transformation, the openness, and willing to willingness to change, uh, to look deep within themselves, to break through many of the limitations. It was such a tremendous event, and and uh, Jacqueline, I'd love to hear from you as well. You were on. Uh, often on the other side, you were you were playing some dual ro roles uh, this past weekend. I you, was. you were up on stage. You were helping people uh, with with pathfinding, and uh, really just played a, a really amazing hand and role in so many parts of the puzzle. There, um, how was it from your perspective? I really enjoyed it. I felt like there were a lot of people who had some really big breakthroughs. And now that we're doing these islands, we really have an opportunity to. Um, to break down into what you really want to focus on. So if you, weren't, if you weren't there this month and you weren't there last month, you don't know what we're talking about. So you need to come back and experience Limitless again because we now break out into islands twice um, on day two and day three. And those islands are little mini breakthrough sessions where we're in smaller groups, very, very specific focuses. Maybe it's on abundance. Maybe it's on victimhood. Maybe it's on learning more about intuition. But you can pick the one you want to go to and you can really shift powerfully the area of your life that you're really needing to focus on. Yeah, I love that ability for people now to start choosing and kind of customizing their experience. And uh, those islands, like you say, you know, we do it on, on uh, is it day two and three that we typically introduce the islands? Is that right? Yep, day yep. two and day three, uh-huh. Day two and three, you know, you can pick one and, and then you can pick the next. And the beautiful thing is I think we have like ten islands. Is that right, eight, eight or ten islands? We have ten. We don't always have all ten every day. Right. Um, but, but we, you know, we try to do six or seven each limitless. And, uh, and then if you, you go to one and then the next day you can get to go to a different one. So you'll need to come back, you know, a lot so that you can experience each one of these islands in its own as its own mini little experience of breakthrough. Um, they're very powerful. Everyone that goes to an island says that it's just the biggest part of their breakthrough experience they have. That and, of course, the, the breakthrough sessions with our certified angels, those are also a big part of the, the processes that really anchor in these new beliefs. Awesome, Jacqueline. Thanks so much. 
So yeah, so again, even if you have come several times, these islands are fairly new. I think we introduced them for the first time in January, and so February was our second month now doing the islands. We've received some amazing feedback on the power of those islands, really getting to to drill down specifically on certain aspects that you may be looking for personally. And uh, if you've attended a couple times now, that means you've probably you're probably down four islands. There's there's so much more to learn and to to glean from these island experiences. We want to welcome you back uh, again and again and again. I also want to reiterate uh, at the event, if you were there, then you also received a gift that we asked uh, for you to pay forward. We asked for you to actually uh, give give forward. And what a tremendous gift it is. And so I just want to reiterate that gift. Um, if you've received that, please um, talk with people this week. Get them, get them excited. Help them understand your experience. Really talk from this space uh, of, of your personal transformation. Don't, don't get bogged down too much in the details of the different things. Sometimes it's hard if you're not at, at the event uh, to understand the full context of some of the things that we do. But, but being able to relay your experience from the heart, uh, some of the transformation that you went through, is really what people are looking for and what they need to make a decision to accept that gift. Uh, so that's my invitation to you. As you're giving that gift forward, um, share from your heart. Tell them about your experience and invite powerfully. And let's, uh, let's, let's get March to be every bit as amazing as February was and even more so uh, because your friends and family will be, will be there to participate. Well, well and Stephen, this I, is a short month, so March is, is coming up really, really soon. Um, it and is. it's going to be in Salt Lake City. So uh, if you have friends that maybe don't live in the, in the south part of in the Provo area, and you've got friends in Ogden or Logan or, or Salt Lake or anywhere, really, Salt Lake's a great place because they can fly in, go right to the airport, come right to our event. It's going to be a powerful event for people. Three days, one percent of your life of your year to change the other ninety nine percent of your year. So, bring your friends um, to Salt Lake City in March, and the March dates are March fifteenth, sixteenth, and seventeenth. So Wednesday to Friday. Uh, we really hope you'll take advantage of this Salt Lake City location. Awesome, thanks, Jack, and I appreciate those details. Um, definitely, yeah. You know, we've had a lot of a lot of people saying, "Hey, can we please bring it back up to Salt Lake?" And we're coming. So, uh, so bring bring the people. We'll bring uh, we'll bring everything else. And I think this is going to be an amazing event in March. Um, so today we're talking about manifesting, and we're talking about manifesting your dreams. And I want to I want to start by referencing actually part of what I talked about um, on on. Friday, or excuse me, this is Saturday morning, I, I had an opportunity to speak to our entire Limitless family, and it was such a tremendous opportunity. And, you know, for those of you that know me well, um, you've probably heard a lot about my, my treehouse story, and I'm not going to go through the whole story here, but the story is all about how at nine years old, I wanted a treehouse, was raised in poverty, didn't have anything for it, and took specific steps to manifest what it was that I wanted. And at nine years old, I didn't really know what I was doing. I just knew that I wanted this thing so bad. I wanted this treehouse so bad that I would do whatever it took. Not focusing on the things that I didn't know, but focusing on everything that I did know and trying to figure out this way uh, to accomplish what, in my mind, was this, un- I mean, really, part- I, mean, I-, I guess I should probably split it in two. Part of my mind was thinking, this is probably impossible, but the other part of my mind was thinking, 
Don't ever, don't ever think that. You can do this. And, and I think oftentimes in life, we, we're, we're trying to create things out of that dichotomy. And eventually, one side of the brain or one part of, one, you know, part of, one of those thoughts is going to take hold and it's going to become the dominant thought. For me, that dominant thought became, I'm going to do this. Um, eventually, I got rid of all thoughts of this is impossible or I can't. And dominating my whole thoughts was, I, I am going to create this treehouse, whatever it takes, however I have to do it. I'm going to find what I need. And so I want to, today, Jacqueline and I are going to go, are going to go through the, uh, the steps to manifesting your big dreams, to manifesting your massive goal, uh, to manifesting that transformation that you're looking for, whatever it is that you're looking to manifest. We want to talk about these in a step-by-step format. So again, hopefully you've got your pens and paper because right now is the time for you to start writing down a lot of what we're going to be talking about today. So Jacqueline, do you want to take the first step here? Sure. Um, the first step is to clearly define what you want. Now, and there's, there's some different thoughts on this. Some people say you, you know every detail, you know every every ounce of what it is you want. And I think those are great, that's great information. The main thing is just to know what you want. I don't know if it has to be exact, but you know basically what you want and you're open to receiving that however that looks. However, most of us only focus on what we don't want. And that's one of our biggest hurdles to overcome is we find ourselves continually saying, God, I know I don't want to have this you know, my kid's fighting anymore. I, I'm so sick and tired of this car breaking down. And we keep talking about all the things we don't want. And we complain to our friends or we complain to our, our family. And that all that does is put that energy even further into what you don't want. It does not bring about what you want. So get clear on what you want. If your kids are fighting, don't say, I'm so tired of my kids fighting. Say, I love how well my kids get along because that's what I want. And, and take out all the negative words, take out all of the, the future words also, and put it clearly in the present. This is what I want. I love how my kids get along. Do you see what I'm saying? So that's a really important part of understanding and, and getting clear on what it is you want. I've had a couple of really big experiences with my own manifest, manif- hmm, there we go. My own manifesting, and when I am really in that mode, I am not as clear on exactly what I want. Like when I wanted a vehicle as big as my suburban, I said I wanted a suburban, but I didn't say I want a white suburban with you know this kind of seat, and I want it to have rear window defrost. I, I didn't get into all of that. I was just like, I want a suburban that is going to fit my family. I didn't get a suburban. What I did get was actually better because I was focusing on what I wanted and I wasn't speaking about what I didn't want. So that first thing is learning how to focus clearly on what you do want and not on what you don't want. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you, even this idea of, of, you know, I think we're often told that we need to have every single detail. And part of the problem with, with some of that conversation, I think, that could come up is you get so fixated on these different things that you miss the, the forest for mm-hmm. the trees. I mean, you know, you're, in your case, what you really wanted was a car that would function perfectly for your family. Um, 
all those little details, you know, unless you truly do want the the leather seats and the seat heaters and the or whatever, you know, these the little details, unless you know for a fact that you want those things like really bad and that's part of that main desire, um, oftentimes those kind of things can get in the way. And then when it looks a little different different than what you felt like you really wanted, you know, it, it can it kind of mess with your mind a little bit. So you gotta you gotta be careful. For me, going back to my treehouse story. I didn't know exactly what it what uh, I didn't have this exact necessarily down to the minus detail. I knew that I wanted it to be several levels. I just knew that I wanted to be up there in my treehouse. Like I wanted to build this treehouse, and although I would imagine it constantly, I would imagine myself playing up in my treehouse. I didn't have every single little tiny detail. I mean, it, you know, this thing didn't have like crown molding or anything like that, and I I, I didn't necessarily <laughs> think about that. Um, but I did I well, did focus on, on what I wanted. Right, and Stephen, I think what you said is really important. You, you had the feeling of what it was going to feel like when yeah. you had it. And, and that's a really important part. When you're anxious or upset or nervous or you've got like anxiety about when it's coming and how it's coming and what about all those details, you actually push it further away. And when you get excited about something and you live as if it's already come and you yeah. have that peace or calm or excitement, those are the feelings that really give you um, the ability to attract it to you. Um, I want to tell you that that the car I ended up getting was a Denali. It had leather seats. It had seat heaters. It had the little, uh, you know, things for my kids to watch movies while we're driving down the road. Actually, more than what I'd even anticipated. But I was so at peace and knowing that I was going to receive what I wanted. We're going to get into more of that here in the next steps that we talk about. Yeah, so before we move to the next step, I do want to talk about something. Um, in, in 1979, the Harvard MBA program performed a study where uh, their graduate students were asked, do you, you know, do you have a, um, have you set a clear goal? Have you written it down for the future and made plans to accomplish them? And they found that actually the vast majority of the students, and this is Harvard here, right? These are kids that have probably grown up in households where, they're, where they talk about goals a lot. Obviously, they probably wouldn't be in Harvard if they didn't. Um, but they found that 84% of the students didn't have any goals. Like 84% Amazing. here of the in Harvard MBA program hadn't written down any goals at all, right? 13% had goals, but they, um, they weren't writing them down. And there were only 3%, only 3% of them had written goals and plans. Now, this is interesting because I want you to, I want you to think about some of what's going to come here later, some of the re- results of this. Ten years later, they went to the exact same group that was interviewed again, and the results were, were crazy. I mean, basically, the 13% of the class who had goals but did not write them down were earning twice as much uh, as the 84% who had no goals. Yet the 3% who had written goals down were earning on average 10 times as much as the other 97% of the class combined. Combined. I know. Isn't that amazing? It, it's crazy to me. I mean, so again... Not only do you have to be clear in what you want, but a big part of this clearly defining what it is that you want is writing them down, is actually having, having a place that you can go to again and again to reaccess or recommit to these goals. That's exactly right. So step number two, so you've got step number one. You're writing these steps down, right, you guys? So the first step is to clearly define what you want. And then you move on to step number two, and that is to take bold action towards your goal or to what it is you want. Um, 
there's there's a phrase pray as if everything depended on God and work as if everything depended on you and that really is true you set an intention and you do your part and so one of the things that I did in this specific goal of I wanted this new car I went to the car dealership and I began looking around at the different cars and the prices um, and I and I was doing my part I was putting myself out there I was I was deciding what it was I wanted and I was taking action toward it I didn't just decide and then do nothing because that's that's something we also you know stumble on is is having a goal but then we don't really do anything to move toward it we have to decide and take action steps toward achieving those goals yeah absolutely those those specific actions um, are literally I mean I know this is step two but I almost sometimes feel like that step two should be step one. <laughs> sometimes I, I, want to, I want to put the cart before the horse. You know, a- action is so important. Um, and here's the problem. If we don't have it written down, if we don't have it clearly defined in our minds, then we will stay in a, in a space of inaction. And I, and I want to talk about – go ahead. Yeah, it's like wishing. You're just wishing yeah. that it would work out. It doesn't, it's not a goal. It's just a wish. Absolutely. And, you know, I talk often and I, you know, um, back in the days where we used to do a lot more of our wealth intensives and, you know, we'll bring them back here and there, I think. But uh, we used to often talk about action and the specific type of action. And I'm not, I don't know, I know I've covered this on these calls before, but, but I think it's worth talking about very briefly here, the type of action you need to take. There's inaction, there's active action, and there's productive action. So there's three different types of action here. And I want you to think for just a second what type of action you typically fall in, right? Inaction is, is usually, I mean, it's kind of self-describing here. Um, it's when you kind of talk yourself out of doing even the action that you know you're supposed to. So it's like this, you've got this goal, you set it. It's, it's this crazy goal that you've never accomplished before. There's a lot of fear that comes up. You allow your limiting beliefs to kind of show up for you. And you, you begin to believe those limiting beliefs. And before you even take a step, you've kind of talked yourself out of it. Have you ever done that? Just think about it for a moment. Have you ever set this crazy goal? And, you know, I'm going to talk about some, some goals that are easy to talk about, like weight loss. I think probably for 97% of us at one point in our life, we've probably had a weight loss goal of some sort, right? We want to trim down or we want to, we want to bulk up or we want to do something physically to, to improve our physical appearance and health. So we set the goal, but then before we even start it, we tell ourselves, oh, this is too hard. Oh, I can't, I can't not eat my ice cream this, you know, today because, man, I do love ice cream, you know. And, and before you even get there, before you even start, you've already talked yourself out of it. In other words, you've spoken, you've allowed yourself to not even act, right? So that's inaction. Step number two, or the, the second, uh, st- second part of action is, is active action. And active action looks like you're doing all the steps that look like you're doing things, but you're not really getting the traction. In other words, you go onto the website and you buy, you know, you, you buy the workout clothes, uh, you get the gym membership, but when you go, you're kind of working out how, half-heartedly. You know, maybe you're spending more time conversing with people than you are actually on the treadmill, or maybe you're lifting weights that are super easy for you that aren't really stressing your muscles out, so there's no real growth. Again, you're doing the movements, but it's not the right action that you need to be taking to actually make progress. And that's active action. So the third and the, the, the one that we should hopefully be finding ourselves in is this, is this idea of productive action. We're actually willing to do what it takes. If we're at the gym, it means we're, we're on the treadmill for 
20 to 30 to 40 minutes. I mean, we're, we're actually getting an aerobic workout. We're, we're working our heart. Our legs are moving. We're sweating profusely. You know, we're, we're, we're doing what it takes. Or if we're on the weights, we're, we're actually, you know, lifting the very maximum that we can. We're stressing our muscles out and tearing them so that they can grow back even stronger. That's productive action. And when you're looking at any goal, if you've got a business goal, for example, and you want to improve your business, if you want to, if you have a goal to bring five people to Limitless because you know we've got some gifts for people, uh, if, you, if you enroll five or 10 or 15 or 25, um, there's certain gifts that we're going to give you. So if you've got those things as goals, then what would the productive action look like? Would it look like right. just sending, sending out an email to somebody or would it look like going and knocking on your friend's door and telling them with like conviction, you've got to be here, giving a powerful invitation for them to come and doing that again and again and again until you find the person that's going to say yes. The, it, productive action means that you don't allow your limiting beliefs as they creep in to take hold. You, you replace them with the new beliefs and you take action with those new beliefs. Exactly. One of the things that I like to do when I have a goal that's big, a really big one, is I always look at it, how long is this going to take to happen? Because we, we need to remember there's always a law of gestation, and, and you have to start by planting the seeds of whatever that goal is. And that's, that's the beginning of the harvest. So you're going to plant the seeds, and then eventually you're going to have this thing gestate. But if it's, if it's a year goal, that's great. Then look at what you need to be doing every month. And then break it down into what you need to be doing every week and then down into what you need to be doing every day. And if you'll do those little tiny things on a daily basis and on a weekly basis and on a monthly basis, you can't help but achieve the goal you set for the year. Now, what if you get to that 12-month mark and you're like, I didn't make it. That's okay. How far did you get? Are you just maybe one more month away from your goal? Or do you have to add six months on it because maybe your gestational period was longer than you expected it to be? Or did you do something along the way that broke that pattern and caused it to move a little further away from you? All those things are okay, but you need to be realistic about your goals. They have to be believable. I know that sounds hard because you think, but I want to set things that seem almost impossible, and that's okay. But you have to get to the point where your mind really knows it's going to happen, even if it felt impossible when you first set the goal. So breaking things down into those actionable steps, like Stephen said, is exactly what you want to do. That year goal, break it down into monthly activities, then break it down to weekly activities, then break it down to daily activities. And they will shift as you get closer to your goal. You know, I love that. And this, I think, takes us to step three, and step three is really um, – step three is believing and acting as if it were already a reality. And we Man, talked a little oh, bit about this in step one, right? You yeah. have to feel it like you're already there. Oh, my gosh, I totally have that car or I've totally built that tree house. Yeah, you know, this I think is one of the most difficult parts for people and, and – I don't know if you have conversations like me, Jacqueline, but oftentimes I get people coming up to me and we're talking about manifesting and this individual will then say, and this has happened several times, where someone will then say, I just can't lie to myself. <laughs> yep. You know, like this whole manifesting thing, I mean, it sounds kind of hokey and weird and sounds to me like you're just going around lying to yourself and everybody else constantly. <laughs> and, and it's funny when I hear that because 
my almost immediate reaction in my mind, and I typically don't say this out loud, but the reaction in my mind is, you've been lying to yourself for years and you're not even, you know, we've, we've, we've latched on to beliefs that aren't really true. How often do we, do we hold a certain belief sacred that isn't true, but we've decided it is, or we have chosen to believe it is? See, the reality is, is a belief isn't something that's just there and we have to think about it a certain way. It's a choice. And what's the more we, we, begin to realize that every single belief that we have is something that we chose, whether, whether consciously or, or subconsciously or even unconsciously, we chose these things. And well, just because we chose them doesn't make them a reality necessarily. Go ahead. So the, the thing I want to say about this is this is probably the hardest work you'll do. And, and I'm being very honest about that because the hardest work we do is in our mind. And that work is to believe in something that doesn't, has not yet appeared in our physical reality. So um, Wallace Waddles is a great pro- proponent of this, and he talks a lot about how when you believe something that you cannot physically see, that is the work that will be the, the most difficult for your mind to do. But your subconscious mind doesn't know anything different. There have been studies that have proven that if somebody is um, a, a ski racer and they race down a hill, their brain fires certain chemicals and certain things go off in the brain as they're, as they're racing down the hill. And if they're hooked up to monitors and they're imagining that they're racing down the hill, those exact same synapses fire and the brain chemicals are released exactly the same. Your subconscious mind knows no different from what you're imagining and from what is reality. But whenever you put the subconscious mind into work and it begins to imagine things, it's a strange phenomenon. But what happens is your subconscious mind goes to work to make those things show up in your reality. And you'll do things subconsciously that will bring that into your life. And you'll recognize opportunities and you will see things differently because your subconscious mind already believes it's happened. And that is one of the biggest keys, I think, to this whole manifesting process is believing it's already happened. Yeah, you know, um, so I I had an experience, this was several years ago, I, uh, you know, a, a lot of you know that I served a, a mission for my church. I went to Berlin, Germany for a couple of years. Well, while I was there, actually before I head out there, uh, I went to, we had this training center that we go to, to learn the language and to do different things. And anyway, I, I got this, this set of scriptures and this was uh, a, a set that I, I grew to love. I used throughout my entire mission and it was it was a leather bound set of scriptures with a with a zipper that would zip it closed and and I just I loved this set of scriptures and I used it almost every single day and in the set of scriptures I put um, some of the miracles that I had seen on my mission and I and I, I I put pictures and quotes and and letters from individuals and really special moments and they were all inside this set of scriptures well. I um one day several years ago after I'd come back and had my family and uh, was here in Utah, um, 
I misplaced this set of scriptures somewhere. I, I tend to do this a lot where I lose things, but then I find them again because I have a belief that I can find things. Maybe I should change the belief that I lose things all the time. But, <laughs> but anyway, I, I, had, I had misplaced this, this set of scriptures that meant so much to me, and I had no idea where I, ha- where I had misplaced them. I thought that I had them with me. I often carried them around with me in my bag, and we were doing an event up in, up in Sandy, I believe it was, and I live here in Orem. And anyway, I, I, I thought that I had brought them up there, that I had left them somewhere, um, and I went and checked that, that place. They didn't have them. I, I checked a bunch of other places around the area up in Salt Lake that I had been. Nobody had them. I looked everywhere here. And I am I'm one of the best finders that I've ever known. I mean, if someone loses something, I am the one that finds it always. Like, that's just part of who I am. And, and so I, I looked everywhere for this set of scriptures. And uh, I couldn't find them. And they weren't showing up. And weeks were starting to go by. And I, they weren't there. And, you know, I, I remember having a conversation with my wife and saying, they'll show up. Like, I just, I had this core root belief that no matter where they were, they would show up eventually. I mean, I, I had enough personal information in there. I, I don't think I had my... Um, my name was kind of worn off on them because I had it printed at one time on the on the front of it, but and I didn't have my address or anything like that, that else in there either. But I just I felt like okay, you know they're going to show up. It means enough to me. These are you know it's not this isn't some monetary thing or or you know whatever. But I just I I know that they'll show up. I just knew it, and I I talked to my wife over and over, and it, weeks were going by. And as every single week went by, my wife would be like, they're probably gone. And, and I was like, no, no, they're going to show up. They're absolutely going to show up. Well, at the end of the story, here's what happened, and this was pretty amazing. Um, first of all, I just want to say that I believed with every part that I was, there was absolutely no doubt that these were going to show up. I, I, I had no doubt they were going to come. I just knew it. I just had no idea when. And it was several months later. Several months later, when um, I, I, uh, my friend, a good friend of mine, actually one of my business partners, one of the uh, co-founders of, of our company, Strongbrook, uh, Kevin Clayson, um, he showed up at my doorstep and he had my scriptures in his hand. Now, first of all, uh, that was crazy because um, I, I had no idea how he got them, but he, he actually talked about the story with me. He said, look... I was, uh, he was, I was at church, and he goes to church down here in Orem. I had never been to his church building before. He said, I was at church, and I was teaching a lesson in primary or something like that, you know, the Sunday school, and I, I, was, I went to the library to go pick up some, some stuff for, for my lesson that I was doing, and I looked up for some reason at this uh, shelf that had a bunch of different books on, a bunch of scriptures and different things, and I saw one that looked like a German set of scriptures. Now, Kevin Clayson not only is one of the co-founders, but he also served with me in Germany. We were together there. That's where we met. And he said, I saw this, this set that looked like a German set of scriptures. So I asked, I asked uh, the, the library attendant to you know, pull them down for me. And I, I took a look at them, opened it up, and recognized what I thought was your name. And I opened it up and started seeing all your family pictures. <laughs> and, and, it, and it was yours. And, you know, it was interesting because he said, I wasn't planning on going to the library that day, but I had forgotten something from home. And all these, like, all these little things kind of added up. He had no idea how they got to his, his ward building, his chapel. And I have no idea how they got there because I had never been there before. 
And I had never taken scriptures over that way. And it was all these crazy, you know, weird, uh, quote, unquote, coincidences that kind of all fell into place. And I don't know the, the trip that my scriptures took to get from where I thought I left them up in Sandy, Utah, down to his ward specifically, the only person that would have known that those were mine probably, uh, you know, with this random, uh, you know, uh, series of events that were absolutely not random at all. They were the laws of manifestation in place, and I had a belief that I stuck to no matter what with no doubt that those scriptures were going to come back to me, and they did. And it was, I mean, it was such an amazing experience for me that, uh, I mean, I've shared this experience many times, but this type of thing happens all the time, and oftentimes we don't even know that it's happening. It really does. I lost a camera on the New York subway, and after three weeks, and I, I was home in Salt Lake, I decided... God knows where that camera is. So if he wants it back, me to get it back, I'll get it back. And I got a call, and somebody turned it in, and it was mailed back to me. It was amazing. Yeah. All right, so what's our, what's our next step here? So we got, so we got three next, steps. Let's review real quick. Where are we? Okay, so we've done step one, which is to know what you want and be very clear on what it is you want. And step number two is to take bold action towards your goal. And then step number three is to believe and act as if your miracle will already reality. And then step number four is to master belief breakthrough. Now you're probably thinking, what does belief breakthrough have to do with manifesting? But it's when you decide on something that a lot of your limiting beliefs will show up. So when you decide that you want a healthy body, um, you may have the limiting beliefs come up that I don't have time for a healthy body or no one in my family has a healthy body. I, I don't, I'm not going to have one. I don't deserve to look good. You'll be amazed at the, t- at the limiting beliefs that will just show up, show up, show up to knock you back down and make you believe you cannot have what it is you said you wanted. This is when you really have to understand belief breakthrough and make it work for you powerfully in your life. So you're going to go on like a search and destroy mission of all the beliefs that are standing between you and your goal. And, and when you join Inner Circle, and I hope most of you have that as one of your goals, we've just set up a new plan where you can get 1,000 limiting beliefs gone in a year. You can go faster than that, but <clears throat> to do three big limiting beliefs a day is powerful and strong, and you'll be able to knock out belief after belief after belief that's standing in your way and replace them with powerful truths that are in alignment with what your goal is. Um, You're going to have to do a lot of accountability and recognize that you're the one that's choosing to believe that belief and you get to choose something new. So that's the fourth step and I think it's really important if you're not familiar with Belief Breakthrough, come back to Limitless. Get, Get the Limitless book. We've got that on sale now. And you can pick the author that you want to pick it up from, and it has a lot of this information in there. And you can take this belief breakthrough into your everyday life and work on it on a daily basis. We really recommend everybody's doing belief breakthrough every day. You know, Jacqueline, I think right now what I want to do is I'm actually going to we're going to pause here for just a moment. I'm going to I'm going to turn on. And I want to open up the lines. And a lot of you know. Um, Jacqueline Smith is one of our certified limitless mentors. Uh, she's also a master of belief breakthrough. And, and this is something that we often do here on these calls where we invite individuals that, uh, 
that are, are feeling called upon right now that, that would like to have an experience to go through an experience over the phone here with us. Um, we have many of you on the phone here right now that um, I'm guessing are here because you want to learn to master these things yourself. Uh, you also want to learn to learn to master the idea of manifesting in your life. So what I am looking for right now is an individual who um, would love to learn how to better manifest. Maybe someone who has been trying to manifest something specifically in their life and has not been able to or keeps on coming up against maybe one of these steps and you haven't quite been able to overcome some of those limiting beliefs that are holding you back right now. And, and I, I'm going to ask Jacqueline, are you open to take someone through a belief breakthrough right now? Absolutely. I think it would be very powerful, and especially if you have something that you're really trying to manifest and it just keeps, you keep having beliefs come up in your way. It, I'd love to work through something like that with someone if, if you're open to that. So you just have to press star six on your phone, and that will put you in the queue. <clears throat> Isn't it star six, Stephen? Yep, star, star six is exactly right. It looks like we already got someone in the queue. A couple people are jumping in right now. Maybe, maybe today we might even have time for more than one, uh, but we'll start with one and sure. see where we are. Um, so we've got, uh, let me go ahead and bring on our first caller here. Uh, phone number ending in 1609. Go ahead. Um. Oh, okay. It might be my on my end. Let me try it one more time here. No, it says 1609. I, I can see that they're there too. Your phone number ends in 1609. It's a cell phone. I don't have a, a name on that one. Can you hear us? I don't know. Maybe you can't. Looks like you're ready to go. Oh, yeah, wait. Yeah, it looks like it. Here, nope, here we go. I think we have to take them off mute there. Okay, try again. Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, yay, we can hear you. What's your name? Hey, my name's Mindy. Mindy? Uh-huh. Hey, Mindy. Hey, how you doing? How are you? Um, good to be here. I, um, okay, this is, this is my limiting belief. It's kind of, I keep running into this. It's, it's an addiction I have with food, okay? Okay. I keep, I keep turning to the food. I mean, I get some days where I don't and I master it, but most days I just give in, and it's usually in the evening, and I must have some limiting beliefs about food and my need to, like, overeat and eat unnecessary calories that I don't need, and I want to manifest a new belief about my, my eating, my habits with eating. Okay, so, so what you're saying is you believe that you, that you must turn to food? Yes. And, and, are, you, and you're, are you turning to it for, like, comfort? <clears throat> it's emotional eating. It's emotional or eating. I, or I'm just tired and I should go to bed instead. And instead I reach for the food instead of going to sleep. Does that make sense? Okay. Sure, I'm, sure. I'm like, so <clears throat> what would the belief, I'm trying to form what the belief is exactly. Okay, well, let's, let's work on, let's, let me just ask you a couple questions. So what I'd like you to do, Mindy, right now is I'd like you just to close your eyes as long as you're not driving. <clears throat> just close your eyes and get really present and um, grounded. Um, just imagine that there's roots going from the bottom of your feet into the earth that you're just really stable. And um, breathe for a moment. I'm going to ask you, What's the first memory that comes up for you when you think, in order to feel better, I need to eat? Okay, when, when I was a kid, my mom, when we were crying, she would give us food. Okay. When we were upset, so, she would give us food. 
Sure. So um, how old were you? I would say three, four. So three years old. Perfect. Okay, so at three years old, you're, you're upset, you're crying, your mom hands you something to eat, she's trying to get you to calm down. What did you decide about yourself in that moment, Mindy? Maybe that I wasn't worth nurturing. Maybe that instead mm. of being nurtured, I was just shut me up with food and I would be good and that would make it go away. Perfect. Does that make sense? Okay, that makes perfect sense, absolutely perfect sense. Okay, so Mindy, what does this cost you in your life to have this belief that I'm not worth nurturing? It's cost me intimacy. Um, mm. I don't have a companion and I want a companion. Instead of working towards finding a companion and having loving relationships, I turn to food. Okay, so it's just your replacement. So do you think it's cost you in, in dollars too? In dollars? Sure. Um, I'm sure somewhat. I mean... Uh, I mean, do you, feel like, do you feel like it's cost you in your... So is your health good? Do you spend more money having to work on your health because of your eating? Well, I'm like, only 49, so I don't have diabetes and high blood pressure and all that stuff. It goes along with being overweight, but I'm about fifty pounds overweight. So, okay, it cost me. So it cost me my self-image because I don't feel good about my body. Okay, so it's cost you your self-image, and as it cost you in terms of like what you can do, does it does it does it limit you physically to do th- certain things? Um, I feel a little pressure in my knees. I don't. I'm not as active as I could be. Um. Yeah, I mean, I could be certainly more active. And I, I mean, like I used to love hiking, and I don't hike anymore. Mm. So I don't yeah, have like, it's painful. that pleasure, you know, in that outlet of in nature that I love. Right, right. So what would be a better belief than I'm not worth nurturing? I'm not worth nurturing. Okay, um, it would be I... I'm worth loving. Um, I'm worth loving. I'm worth being given attention. And let's see. Okay. I'm trying to word. I don't no, know. No, those are those are good. Word. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a few um, options to choose from. So, how about just I am loved. I am loved. Okay. I am loved. I like that. I deserve attention. I receive attention. Okay. I deserve Um, attention. I receive attention. I like that. I use food for fuel. I love that. I use food for fuel. Okay. Because you don't want to say what you don't want anymore. You want to say what you do want. And and I, I enjoy healthy choices. With I enjoy healthy choices. Okay. Okay, so now what I'd like you to do is, these are just a few suggestions, but um, I want you to use your own words here. But I want you to imagine someone that is going to come to you as that three-year-old little girl, Mindy, because for 46 years, you've been holding on to this belief that you're not worth nurturing and that food is the only nurturing uh, that you can have, and so you're going to choose 
unhealthy foods or junk foods or even just too much food. <clears throat> so imagine someone in your life that you believe you can trust that would tell you the truth as a three-year-old little girl, the truth about who you really are. Is there anyone in your life that can be alive or dead? It can be deity. It can even be yourself as your highest and best self. Who would you like to have come speak to that little three-year-old girl? Um, I would say my Savior. Okay. So I would like you to imagine, <clears throat> just close your eyes again and imagine your Savior. And imagine him kneeling down to this little tiny three-year-old girl who's crying. And he picks her up and he holds her. And he has something to tell her because he knows that right in this moment she's going to take on a belief that will not serve her for the next 46 years about not being worth nurturing. What would this Savior say to you, Mindy? He would say, Mindy, you are priceless to me. You are precious. Mm. You are chosen. You are beautiful the way you are. Awesome. You are mine. I am with you. And with me, you can do all things. Would he tell you that he will nurture you? Yes. Okay. So I would like you to take those. Do you believe him, by the way? I do believe him. Good, good. So, Mindy, I want you to take those things he just said to you, and I would like you to come up with some powerful I am statements because that is what is going to anchor this in for you when you and truly help you believe it because he gave you some amazing things like, I am priceless. I am precious. I am chosen. I am beautiful. I am nurtured by my Savior. See, he gave you all of those words, and we want you to use those same words in your affirmations. So can I hear you say those things? And it might not even hurt to have you put your hand on your heart while you're saying those. Okay. Um, I, am, I am priceless. I am precious. I am nurtured by my Savior. I am loved by myself. Good. I am beautiful the way I am. Good. And you also said, I am chosen. I am chosen. Good. That's awesome. Is there anything else that you want to add to that? I can't think of anything. Those were really, really good. So you'll notice that you have a lot more positives now than you had negatives. So do you feel like the next time you're ready to go to the fridge and grab something when maybe it's late in the evening or you're really not that hungry and you're just kind of bored, that you can tell yourself, I am already nurtured. I don't even need this. I'm nurtured. I am beautiful. I am priceless. Can you use those affirmations to maybe change some of this behavior? Yes, I will do that. Good. I can do that. Good. And you know what? I can hear it in your voice that you've just raised things up a notch or two because I can feel the energy of your voice even changing. 
And, and that's really what this belief breakthrough is all about, is shifting that energy from that negative space into that positive space where you start to realize, I can change. Yes, I believe that. Awesome. Thank you. Well, thank you, Mindy. That was awesome. I really enjoyed being able to get that breakthrough with you. And thank you for your bravery. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I really appreciate you. That was wonderful. No problem. Thanks, Mindy. Awesome. Thank you, Mindy. So we've got uh, we've got one more. Are we up for another one here, Jacqueline? Uh, sure. It looks like we have a, little, a couple more minutes. Got a few more minutes. Why not? Uh, so we've got our next caller here. Um, phone number ending in 3115. Looks like it's Megan Matthews. Hello, I'm here. Hi, Megan. Hi. So I've had this limiting belief that I've written down and I haven't worked on it yet for some reason. There's been resistance. And um, I am so grateful for you guys right now because I feel like this is just what I need at this moment. Good. So what's the belief? That I sabotage my ability to receive. Mm. That's, that's big. So, yeah. Megan, close your eyes and get grounded for a minute, and let's just ask that question. What's the first memory that comes up for you when you think, I sabotage my ability to receive? And I'm going to put this into some more childlike words. For some reason, I feel like that's what I'm supposed to do right now. Yeah, I have to. I have to make it so that it so that it doesn't work out for me. <clears throat> I have to make it that I don't get what I really want. Okay. Well, I'm not going to question it. It doesn't make sense. But what just came after you said that? Right after that was. Um, I remember being at um, Raging Waters, and we were, mm-hmm. in the, we were in the pool, the wave pool, and um, Carl Malone was there at, at, at Raging Waters, and so, of course, it was, like, pretty cool to see him there, and, and he was there in the wave pool, and I remember there was a little boy who was kind of going down under the water, and he was the person who went and helped bring him up and and um, get him out of the water where he couldn't do it on his own. This little boy couldn't. Um, but I'm not quite sure what that means. I'm not understanding okay. why that memory came. That's okay. Sometimes they don't seem to make a lot of sense, but, but there's something. How old were you at that time? Um, uh, the age that came was 11. I'm going to just go with that. Okay. So was there was there anything else that was going on? Like, did you did you wish were you wishing you could have helped the boy? Um, like, what was it that was going on in your mind? Oh, do you know what just came when you asked me that? Is I want to be somebody important like him, like Carmel. Oh, I want to be important. Okay. All right. So, in that moment, as an eleven-year-old. You made a decision about yourself when you saw somebody else doing something important. Now, I know you said you want it, that you want to be important, but this must be tied somehow for your ability to believe that you can be or that, because you're sabotaging your situations where you're, where you're wanting to 
do something important. So what did you decide about yourself at that, as an 11-year-old there? That I'm not important. Okay. I'm not important. And I'm not important. What, what does that cost you in your life? I still feel, feel, feel like I've had that belief going through my life a lot. And whenever good things do come, um, obviously having that belief that I'm not important, and of course then the sabotaging comes in, so I find a way to, to push everything away and um, even pushing myself away. Yeah. Really loving myself the way I know that I can, the way that I'm meant to, the way that I want to. Right, right. So this this underlying belief that you're not important is what's is what is at the root of the, the sabotage in your own life. Yeah. So what would be a better belief than I'm not important? I matter. I have I much matter. to contribute and offer this world. Good. I'm writing these down. These are good. And I hope you'll write yours down too. One more time. So, so when you have when you have these new thoughts that I matter, I have a lot to offer and contribute to this world. Who would be the person that you would like to have come and talk to you as an eleven-year-old? Somebody that you trust, that you know you'll believe when they tell you how much you matter. Um, it's my savior. Okay, so let's again imagine your Savior. He's right there at Raging Waters, and he likes to have fun too. And he's right there, and he's watching you, and he's watching Carl Malone save this little boy, and you're, you're about ready to make this big decision that I'm not important. What would the Savior say to you right there in that moment? He looks into your eyes, he takes your hands, and he looks deep into your eyes. What would he say to you, Megan? He says, remember, I'm always here with you, no matter what. There's not anything that you can do or say to take my love away from you. Good. And he says, you are special. And you are my sister. And you deserve to be happy. And to claim the greatness that's within you, within you, because you are amazing. And I, you are amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> Do you believe him, Megan? Yeah. Good. Good. So, I really like the I am statements. I think they're really powerful because you brought the Savior in. You know, that... that those are that's one of his names as I am. So go ahead and take those statements he gave you and turn them into powerful I am statements. And these are powerful words of creation. And you're going to create these new beliefs with these statements. <clears throat> I am special. I deserve to feel joy. How about I feel and joy? 
I feel joy. Good. What about I am important? I am important. I contribute to this world. I contribute to this world. I am amazing. I am amazing. Do you feel complete? I feel like I I get to add that I am I mother my way and I am the best mother for my boys. Beautiful. Beautiful. Because you are. So Megan, you're eleven. Do you and Jesus want to go down the water slide once? Yeah. <laughs> something <of> fun. <laughs> yeah, you want to celebrate. You just this mm-hmm. is a big celebration because now you won't carry this around anymore. You know you're important. You know it. Right? Yeah. Good. Thank you. Thank you for Thank taking you. the time to do that breakthrough. That was, that was great. This belief of I am not important is one of the core beliefs that so many of us carry. And we do our subconscious mind. Like I said earlier, when you believe something strongly, your subconscious mind goes into effect to make it happen mm-hmm. to positive. But it will also do the same thing to the negative. And if you have a belief that I'm not important, you will sabotage yourself in the future. So replacing that belief with I am important and I do matter and I... I have gifts and talents and I am offering them to the world totally shifts everything and you will begin to see those evidences showing up in your life. Thank you, Megan. Thank you. Awesome. Wow. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm here. Thank you, Jacqueline. Thank you, Megan and and Mindy as well. Uh, It's been a really powerful call. Really appreciate both of you uh, willing to being willing to show up, be authentic and share uh, from a space of vulnerability um, it, it, it doesn't just help you, I promise. This helps uh, so many others here on the call as well. Well, we're going to wrap up here. We've got uh, the last step here in manifesting, which is just doing your part and then trusting God to do his part. And, and that, uh, I mean, it's really kind of self-explanatory. I don't think we have to do a whole lot or talk a whole lot more about that. It's, it just means that we are willing to do everything that we can. Um, and this kind of goes in, in line with, uh, I think it was step three, or step two, which was take action, doing your part, but also that trust that the rest of it will come into play. For me, when I was building my treehouse, I did everything that I knew how to do as a nine-year-old boy to build my treehouse. I went out and found the resources. I, I, I found everything that I could. And then when I, when, I wasn't, when, I, when I was at my limit, when I was at the full extent of what I knew how to do, God showed, it, showed up uh, through my mother and did his part and allowed the rest of that story to be completed and for me to be able to complete my treehouse. Um, he'll do the same for all of you. Uh, if you're looking to, to find out that you're worth it or that you're worthy or that you're important or uh, if, if you're looking to understand that you truly are nurtured, then as you do your part to understand and believe those things, as you choose into new beliefs, expect and know that God will show up for you and that he will do. Um, Jacqueline, any final thoughts? Um, 
I, the main thing I want to tell you guys is go to LimitlessSeminar.com and sign up for the next Limitless. Get your friends to sign up for the next Limitless. If you have five people that attend this next Limitless all three days, we are giving away a ropes course adventure and a firewalk. So this is going to be a blast. We want you to come. You'll be with all seven of the Certified Limitless Mentors and probably Chris Crone as well and Stephen Miller. We are so excited to have you there and do a, a full-day ropes course. We're going to feed you and then take you on a firewalk that night. So five people is what it takes, and um, you can get those tickets at LimitlessSeminar.com. And we hope to see you in March in Salt Lake City. Awesome. Let's go ahead and end with a uh, massive limitless, limitless style. Everyone on the count of three. One, two, three. I am limitless. I am limitless. I am limitless. I am limitless.